Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then talk about it. This is page 475. The mayor removed his jacket and laid it across the back of a chair while Bast gathered up the rest of the cards, grumbling. The innkeeper brought out a glass of red wine, then locked the front door with a large brass key. I'll take the boy upstairs with me, he said to the mayor, to give you some privacy. That's exceedingly kind of you, the mayor said as he sat across from Chronicler. I'll give a shout when I'm finished. The innkeeper nodded and herded Bast out of the common room and up the stairs. Kvoth opened the door to his room and gestured Bast inside. I wonder what old Lant wants to keep secret, Kvoth said as soon as the door was closed behind them. I hope he's not too long about it. He's got two children by the widow Creel, Bast said matter-of-factly. Kvoth raised an eyebrow at that. Really? Bast shrugged. Everyone in town knows. Kvoth humphed at this as he settled down into a large upholstered chair. What are we going to do with ourselves for half an hour? He asked. It's been ages since we've had lessons. Bast pulled a wooden chair away from the small desk and sat on the edge of it. You could teach me something. Lessons, Kvoth mused. You could read Kellum Tintur. Reshi, Bast said imploringly. It's so boring. I don't mind lessons, but do they need to be book lessons? Bast's tone wrung a smile from Kvoth. A puzzle lesson, then. Bast's face broke into a grin. Very well, let me think for a second. He tapped his fingers against his lips and let his eyes wander the room. It wasn't long before they were drawn to the foot of the bed where the dark chest lay. He made a casual gesture. How would you open my chest if you had a mind to? Bast's expression grew slightly apprehensive. Your thrice-locked chest, Reshi? Quoth looked at his student, then laughter bubbled up out of him. <laughs> my what? he asked incredulously. Bast blushed and looked down. That's just how I think of it, he mumbled. As names go, Quoth hesitated, a smile playing around his mouth. Well, it's a little storybook, don't you think? You're the one who made the thing, Rashi, Bast said sullenly. Three locks and fancy wood and all that. It's not my fault if it sounds storybook. Quoth leaned forward and rested an apologetic hand on Bast's knee. It's a fine name, Bast. Just caught me off my guard is all. He leaned back again. So, how would you attempt to plunder the thrice-locked chest of Quoth the Bloodless? And that's the page. I'm Nick, the first one. I'm Jordana. <laughs> I'm Jeremy, the last one. And I'm Jordana still, and I don't get this joke. Oh, oh, are we the locks? I was just doing, I was trying to do an epithet, but then I, I, I blanked and sort of bailed on the bit. So <laughs> let's just. Uh... And then you dragged us all down into the sewer <laughs> with you. You'll float too. <laughs> <laughs> we all float here on this podcast. Is this the first time we've really got a description of the box? I feel like it's been physically described pretty early on in Name of the Wind when we like see Quoth's room for the first time, but it's like never come up in the story before until now. Like we just know that there's like a chest in Quoth's room. And that he like is sad about it? Yeah, and like I think we get a description of like what kind of wood it's made. We might even get a description of, of the fact that it has like an iron lock and a copper lock on it. Yeah, but I think this is the first time we get an analysis of it. Certainly a diegetic analysis where Quoth and Bast kind of explain what it's made of and what the countermeasures are. I think it's an interesting character note that Bast knows that everyone in town knows that old 
you know, Mayor Lant has two children by the widow Creole and Quoth doesn't know. And what that tells me is that despite the fact that Quoth is an innkeeper at like the only inn in town that everyone seems to come to, he's so checked out from like the concerns of this small town. He's so, you know, waiting to die essentially that he's not really paying attention to what's going on in these people's lives, except for what is like the most obvious stuff that they are like talking about out loud. Whereas Bast who has that joie de vivre and who I'm sure has himself fathered a few bastards on the various uh, busty milkmaids of the town. Like he does, you know, he's listening to what people are saying and what they're not saying. He's picked up all the town gossip, but both hasn't. It's also possible that Bass might be exaggerating when he says like, oh, everybody knows. It's possible that Bass just feels that way because he found that information obvious. Maybe. That's true. It is an idiom. Everybody knows is an idiom, but I think, I think as readers, what we're meant to take away is kind of Jeremy's assessment that Quoth is a little bit out of touch, despite being an innkeeper. The success of the inn is still kind of hazy to me. My sense is that it's not a particularly like constant hangout for anyone except for the the regulars, and that it's a little bit unusual to have this much traffic because Chronicler is there. People are coming there to make use of Chronicler. That's not the case. We It was full at the very beginning of the book before Chronicler showed up when there was like a bunch of people. Oh, yeah, that's true. And the, well, those were travelers. It's not like the townsfolk come by. Although we know there's less people traveling right now because of the roads. So I think if the inn is full and there are less travelers, then there's probably a good amount of townsfolk in there too. Yeah, like my my sense of it is that it is like it is the only place to go for a quiet drink. But because times are hard and the roads are bad, maybe people are like just less inclined to go out drinking at the bar than they might otherwise be. But I also think it's like literally the only bar in town. So if you want to go drinking, that's where you go. I also think it's a bit too nice for this town. I think we got pretty early on a passage about how it's a small town and Quoth is like the new guy and he's going to be the new guy for a long time. Much like, you know, much like that Aaron boy, you know, like he, because he's also kind of new in town. And so in the manner of small town people, they're still a little bit uh, parochial and a little bit uncomfortable around people who they haven't known their whole lives. Charming. Charming to the last. There's a bit of this reminds me of Lord of the Rings, a bit of um, a bit of physical affection between men, mm. which is kind of nice to see. I'm sorry, Quoth rests an apologetic hand on Bast's knee. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the scene in Lord of the Rings where like Sam puts his hand on on Frodo's when Frodo's sick. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of tender physical affection between men in Lord of the Rings. Not just that one scene, but I'm talking about the book, Jeremy. The worst version. Gotcha. Fake geek boy. <laughs> Tolkien stands don't come at me. Don't <laughs> at me about this. Oh, you like Lord of the Rings? Name four songs in the book. <laughs> <laughs> you like you like Tolkien's legendarium? Name four elves from the second age. <laughs> the worst part of that is that like I think Jeff might be able to do both of those things. Yeah, because Jeff isn't a fake geek like some of us. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Jeff really likes Lord of the Rings to an extent to which, like, we have a lot of stuff that we don't need that are Lord of the Rings based. I love it. Like, I love I love watching Lord of the Rings, but do we need the full box set with all of the expedition? Yes, you do. Yes, absolutely. A copy of the Silmarillion and a copy of all of the books. <laughs> <laughs> 
All the making ofs are so good. Yeah, I watched every single documentary in those three boxed, like extended Lord of the Rings things. But do we need to own them? Yes, because you have to watch them again. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You're going to watch them on Netflix? Where are they? You can't get them anymore. I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I, furthermore, I, you have to watch them every Christmas. I mean, we actually, we probably do watch all of them at least once a year. Um, As is good and proper. Fine. I guess you've convinced me. Never mind. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Back to like what we're actually here for. Yeah. Does Jeff need that like $3,000 full armor set of Sauron from the opening of the first movie? <sighs> Again, yes, because you're the center of every cosplay. Uh, you know, every time you go to uh, the the cosplay parties. Okay, hang on. I, I, don't know how to, I don't have the words for this. I don't actually know what the words are for like when you go to a convention and you like do the 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 photo the masquerade there's like a costume ball yeah yeah that thing yeah yeah the ma- well the masquerade is like where you you wear your costume up on stage and you do a pretty spin and you act like the character and then they judge you on how how good your outfit looks and then there's points awarded and people win crap Honestly, I feel like Je- that would be great for Jeff because, like, Jeff is already a very tall guy, and Sauron in those movies is like ten feet tall. Oh, I'm not saying that he wouldn't make a fantastic Sauron. What I'm saying is, I don't think you could pay Jeff to get up on a stage in a Sauron costume. Yeah, but no one could see his face, so no one <laughs> yeah. would know who he is. And he would also be the Dark Lord of Mordor with you know the power of of Barad-dûr at his command. What what would he have to fear? Yeah, although the problem with investing in a big costume like that is you would have to wear it, you know, every year to get your money's worth, and then it sucks when you come in the same costume more than once a year because, like, you everyone else made a new costume, asshole. Like that guy at the Silver Snail Party who came in the Batman, who comes in the Batman costume every year. It's like you son of a bitch, get a new costume. Good lord, as if you remember this person. <laughs> that guy's an asshole because he's an asshole. I feel like. I mean, I see. I take your point, but maybe what you have to do then is you just have to do the circuit, right? You have to like do a couple of years where you just go to every con in North America in your incredible costume. Yes, there you go. Just be whatever. The, this is like the the Gen Z version of following a band in a van. Yeah, like f- following the Grateful Dead around. Listeners, you can follow us in our uh, <laughs> Bast Foth Chronicler cosplay as we travel from town to town on tomorrow's page. Wait, wait, wait. who's who? Well, hang on. I think, I, no, no, we got to figure this out. I think Jordana is definitely Bast. No, you have to be Quoth. What? I thought I'd be Chronicler. Oh, yeah. Right. Of course you're Quoth. Oh, I'm of course everybody. You're what am I talking about? <laughs> no, I think Nick no. is Quoth. I think Nick is Quoth. And if I'm not Chronicler, well, then who's then Bast? But really, my read on this situation, if we think about the personalities of these characters, I'm Chronicler, <laughs> Jeremy's Bass. And yeah, but you're the redhead. I mean, I think Jordana with her with her, her hairless fey-like countenance. I'm not saying, <laughs> it's, not about, it's not about what we look like. It is about Listeners, you can assign us roles in your elaborate RPF uh, fanfic on tomorrow's page. <laughs> um... Be careful what you wish for. The wind! (laughs)